Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I do. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello there, welcome to episode 75 of Broken Records, the solo podcast from us, the guys at the Riot Act podcast, where we look at some of the most fascinating and fantastic records in all of alternative music every Friday. This is not what that show is. This, this show is not that. That's what I should say. My name's Stephen Hill, by the way. Renfrey Deadman is here with me as ever. Hello, Hello Renfrey. Hi, Steve. How are you? Yeah, okay. Traumatised, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely traumatised. I, um, yeah. Uh, we, we, we often have a lot of fun on Broken Records, and I don't think we're going to be having as much fun this week. Uh, just as a, a, a pre-warning, I think we're having a um, quite... Yeah, it's it's not been very pleasant. Um, no, review, no. Uh, 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 researching this one has it at all. Let's get the fun out of the way yes. first and say thank you to everyone who enjoyed our Richard Blackwood episode so much last week. It was a barrel of laughs. That no was away from it. That was that a was a lot of, of fun. And everyone on social media on the YouTube channel, we asked for some comments on that uh, Richard Blackwood Top of the Pops YouTube video and bloody hell did you guys deliver so thanks very much i mean it's been very nice it is so very occasionally with me and with steve when we're doing these podcasts it can sometimes feel like we're just sort of talking into the wind and and which you know and and this you know it's not as if like you guys need to like like praise us every week or anything like that when i'm not asking for that but it's so lovely when you just say something off the cuff as a, oh, I wonder if that would happen. And then the response, and you come out in your droves. I mean, I honestly, it wasn't planned at all. I just said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we could get 50 comments on that video? I didn't even know you were going to bring that video up before we did it. You know, we don't consult each other too much with the research for Broken Records. No. Barely at all, to be honest. We have and a bit this week, to be we honest. Have, we, we've sort of had to this week, because <laughs> yeah. we go, how are we going to approach this? Um, but... Um, you know i i said wouldn't it be funny if we got 50 comments we ended up getting it's now on 72 they are fucking hilarious like all of you guys are so funny um just thank you very much it's it was it really cheered me up in a, in a, in uh yeah this week it was lovely so thank you yeah it was good i'm glad you all enjoyed it and i hope you celebrated with a lovely cup of coffee <laughs> enema um Anyway, we should say all the records that we cover on this show where we search for the worst album ever made in history are compiled from their reputation, your suggestion, the critical standing, the fan reaction or some other thing. And we did think maybe this week would be some kind of hilarious comparative counterpoint to Richard Blackwood's album as it on the surface has... A similar character, I guess, somebody, you know, we had the kind of Richard Blackwood, the the UK Will Smith, who was an actor and a comedian and a presenter and a rapper. This week we're doing Farah Abraham, My Teenage Dream Ended, the debut album from the US reality TV star. 
uh, of the book of the same name, her debut autobiography, which was released on the 1st of August 2012. And I'm going to say this straight away. In my head, knowing nothing about this record, and just kind of knowing a little bit about Far Abraham, I did think to myself, oh yes, this will be a lollacorst. It will be us once again chatting about somebody who is doing a, you know, Richard Blackwood-esque cash-in thing. Yeah. It hasn't really gone to plan. So we'll, <laughs> I'm just going to preface it with that. Um, in a lot of ways, me thinking that this would be the perfect accompaniment to Richard Blackwood, in a lot of ways, it's actually the... Um, the yin to the yang of Richard Blackwood mm. in many ways, isn't it? Richard Blackwood, a uh, sort of harmless, rather funny, slightly deluded, long-forgotten TV star. Anyway, we'll get into it. But before we do, go on, you want to say something? Well, I just wanted to say, I mean, just on that motif, look, we're going to be talking about some like really not pleasant things um, on this podcast. As you know, I, I think we, we talked about abuse and stuff like that. Um, and and I, I don't... I'm not even 100% sure of everything we're going to go into. So, uh, But I, uh, we've done it before. We've covered this sort of material before, like stuff with the shags and things like that. Um, just please consider this a warning if you feel like you might be sensitive to any of that stuff. Yeah, here's the top 20, the flop 20, the worst 20 albums that we have covered thus far in descending order, just so you know. Richard Ashcroft's United Nations Sound is at number 20. Oh, last week in the top 20 for Richard Ashcroft, by the looks of things. Mr. Blobby, the album, uh, is at number 19. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Original Soundtrack. Eog and Quig with Owen Quig. Six Three Unders Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Testify by Phil Collins. Blood, Sweat and Towers by Towers of London. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. The Rebirth by Little Wayne. The Clash. Cut the Crap. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Arsehole by Gene Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, The True Symphonic Orchestra's Concerto and True Minor, Uncle Cracker's Double Wide, Crazy Frogs presents Crazy Hits, and still at number one, I'm Not a Fan But The Kids Like It by Broken Side, also shout out Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses, unranked. Uh, but yeah, still top. Um, high placing that's how we do it someone that said what is it high or low yeah. so the lower the, the lower quality of the album the higher it is in the chart i feel like i always knew that you're the one who's sort of struggling with the, oh, with the high low thing right i hold my hands up i'm always the one who's totally not been able to understand the concept of how this chart works whatsoever and i i take 100 percent full responsibility i am a fucking idiot when it comes to that uh and uh, my my apologies but yes that's a, that you've put that very very well yeah so there you go. Hopefully we clear that up. Right. Okay. Let's get into this. Um, Farah Abraham, My Teenage Dream Ended. August the 1st, 2012 was the release of this record. So before we get into it, a little bit like we did last week with Richard Blackwood, a little bit of context on who Farah Abraham is. Now, I don't know about you, Renfrey, but before going into this, I was aware of Farah Abraham for mainly for one thing. And that was her 2015 appearance on Celebrity Big Brother. Where, now, do you know what? I don't like reality TV. I don't care for reality TV at all. I don't think it's very good. But no. I do like Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, do you? I okay. Like Celebrity Big Brother. I bloody love Celebrity Big Brother. Big fan. Would you like me 
to be the cat. That was my favourite series of Celebrity Big Brother. Did you ever watch that? George Galloway. Oh, that was George cat. Galloway. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I, I, like, I never watched it, but just you saying that, I was about to say that was George Galloway, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird how these things infiltrate your mind and your psyche, even if you try to stay as far away from them as you possibly can, like I do. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I was totally unaware of who Farah Abraham was prior to this, um, which probably won't surprise most people who've you know followed us for a, a long while um yeah completely uh didn't know anything uh celebrity big brother have i watched any of it i, I mean it only in only in passing i've never sat down to watch an episode of celebrity big brother i was um i mean i know a lot of people say this but i i genuinely really enjoyed the first season of big brother when it was kind of more, like going way back when it was genuinely like seemed like an interesting experiment it seemed genuinely like something new and yet oh, i love big brother it was it was so interesting and obviously they then kind of um they 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 turned it into something very very silly very very quickly i'd i'd lost interest by the second series to be totally honest but when it started uh, this is this is big brother you know the normal big brother quote unquote the nasty nick stuff mm-hmm. you know like it was yeah. a it was a it I was mean, a when fascinating you think how quaint is that when it, they chuck nasty nick out for passing notes around exactly on, on a table yeah. and when yeah. you fast forward 15 years yeah. to the celebrity version of big brother you know years after police being called for violence people having sex live on television yeah. a girl sticking of a, a bottle up a vagina loads and loads of racist um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. stuff being thrown at an indian contestant um the yeah. the obnoxious behavior of some of the the contestants on there one of the last ones i watched was um stephen bear from i believe it's x on the beach i think was he was famous for who won who i think know he actually was he won and was rewarded for being i think probably the most revoltingly obnoxious antagonistic piece of shit you'd be voted out originally you would have been voted out in the first week for behaving like he behaved but because of how the the game done changed if you like yeah you know there was a few years where celebrity big brother was full of really kind of odd mixtures of people who were genuinely celebrities i go back to the chantal houghton um 2006 i want to say one where george galloway was a cat you had george galloway dennis rodman uh oh, tyra yeah. bank was it tyra banks oh, uh, oh, Tra- no, tracy bingham me. sorry okay tracy bingham preston from the ordinary from boys the ordinary weirdly boys. being in there <laughs> pete burns um yeah. Uh, Jodie Marsh and Michael Barrymore and Maggot from Goldie Looking Chain all in a house together. Like you just go, what a bizarre mix of people. But as the show went on and on and on and on, you start getting people from reality TV in as the celebrities. Now to me, that's cheating because you're not a celebrity. You are someone from reality TV. Celebrities should be celebrities, not celebrities via the medium of the thing. You can't go on a reality TV show as a celebrity if you're only a celebrity from a reality TV show. It should be allowed on, I don't think. It's like a snake eating its own tail. There's some weird fucking... It's just completely absurd. I mean, to be totally honest with you, obviously I'm not as steeped in uh, popular culture as you are, but the, the people that you were talking about, you know, prior to that felt that felt a bit scrapey barrel to me like bar maybe your dennis rodmans and i guess michael barrymore and stuff but like a lot of the names you were saying there i was a bit like huh who so yeah i mean i know i'm not the person to ask that kind of thing but yeah so Mm. yeah but i mean when you get to 2015 i hadn't heard of a lot of the people and one of the people i hadn't heard of 
was Farah Abraham. I mean, mm. I believe it was Ashleen Horgan Wallace who actually was famous for being a contestant on Big Brother who then got to go on Celebrity Big Brother. And you're like, no, you're a contestant from Big Brother. You're not an actual celebrity. Mm. But anyway, I remember that. And this is around the time where I started going, it's, uh, it's losing the plot a bit here, Big Brother, because the people that they're bringing on are not famous. They're not talented. And they're utterly fucking obnoxious. Fire Abraham was one of the most obnoxious people I remember being on Celebrity Big Brother. She was horrible. And Could you give me an example of some of the things that she would do? She just acted like, you know when women go, I'm a queen. Oh my mm. God, I'm too good for that. I'm a queen. Don't speak to me. I'm a queen. It's like, you're not a queen. You were like girls everywhere, all over the country, girls are calling themselves queens. It's like, you work in boots, love. Do you know what I mean? You're not a queen. You work in the body shop. Like, you live in a council estate. Nothing wrong with working in boots, but yes, I understand exactly. Nothing wrong with working in boots, but you won't from, yep, see yep. Meghan Markle or yes, uh, you know yes. what I mean, or a member of the royal family in there. You're not a queen. You're, you're not ki- a queen. You're, you're you're kind of taking. You're not. You're, you know. You're you're taking the word queen and and uh, uh, misusing misusing that word very much. So yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not a queen. You're not special. You're not anything at all. You're not right. any kind of. Well, no, they're not. I'm sorry. You're not. All these people are like. No, I mean, no. You don't need to labour the point like, too much. But yes, I understand like, what you're not saying. Just like it's not just women. It's like men do it as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm MVP. I'm the goat, and all this shit. Yeah. It's like no, you're not, mate. You're just a bloke. You're a bloke. You're a welder. Do you know what I mean? You do you do double glazing. Like you're not a fuck. You're not anything. But people like this pumped up idea. You're on a reality TV show, particularly the reality TV show that she had been on. Which is, I think, is which we get into in a minute. Walking around like you're Mariah Carey, and that you're, you know, you are this incredibly special person, which is what she did. Oh, you can't talk to me. You're nothing. Like I've got, I've had millions of people watching me on this really revolting reality TV show. That level of bravado and that level of self assurance, I, I found. And you know, well, we'll get into something later on. Oh, fuck it, we'll get into it now. Um, Celebrity Big Brother's bit on the side that they do with, um, mm-hmm. with Rylan Clark. Love mm-hmm. Rylan, by the way. I, 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 I love Rylan. I've got time for Rylan. Yeah, I've got time he for Rylan. He should be presenting everything, I think. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but I, in, when it comes to that kind of thing, again, the sort of thing that I don't tend to watch an awful lot of. But I, didn't I, mean like news, I didn't mean like news night or anything. <laughs> really. I just mean like, of <laughs> Oh, babes, it's been another bad day in the Ukraine. Oh, give me strength. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we should be That's necessarily... Phenomenal Rylan impression. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I don't want him to that see... That Putin, what's he like? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you know Trevor McDonald is is doing a fine job on uh, News at Ten, and I don't think and and is a lad as we discussed. He's on it anymore. I think you just I said know, Trevor McDonald because yeah, know, I was trying to, last yeah, week because yeah. he's yeah. a lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, Celebrity Big Brother's bit on the side with Ryland um, had to be taken off air ten minutes early because Farah Abraham got into a obnoxious because. I think it was Ashley Horgan Wallace and uh, Janice Dickinson were both on the panel with her after she'd been voted out. And they both said, yeah, you were really, really horrible in the house. So she started a legitimate sort of fist fight with them oh, live Christ. on television, meaning the show had to be pulled off air 10 minutes early. Wow. So I had no idea kind of... Celebrity Big Brother bit on the side was um, so live. live. Yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, so, you know, that is not 
the way to conduct yourself certainly absolutely not mm. the way to conduct yourself yeah. particularly mm. when you had just been kind of flouncing around like you were you know I, I just remember thinking wow you've got a really really unnecessarily high opinion of yourself okay and you are you seem really horrible like really kind of spoiled by celebrity that it's was a little bit impression. early in the morning for this sort of abuse steve but okay I, I i take on board what you're saying and i'll i'll, uh, I'll go with it <laughs> <laughs> yes you renfrey you are the b- big-headed ego maniacal <laughs> shitbag aren't you, you yep i admit it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i went into this record thinking oh my god that horrible girl from celebrity big brother and i also had been made aware that from Celebrity Big Brother that because someone else who's in that 2015 one was Jenna Jameson the world famous pornographic actress Jenna Jameson I I, I am aware of aware of her, of her work? I am, <laughs> I'm aware of her <laughs> I'm aware okay. of her existence yeah and there was a little kind of tete-a-tete because Farrah Abraham also had done which I kind of alluded to had done some sort of like i said oh yeah she went into porn it's a little bit more complicated than that so i'm yes. gonna park that for yes. a minute but that was the only things that i knew about her um but i do remember thinking man she's awful so this will be some sort of horrible celebrity cash in car crash of a record which <sighs> it sort of is well uh, it, but it isn't not that but mm. there is so much more to it. I think at that point, at this point, if you don't mind me saying, interjecting quickly, I think I was discussing with you earlier this morning when we, you know, like we've already alluded to, this is one of the few times where we have had to sit down and had a phone conversation prior to this go, how are we going to handle this? Because there's some horrible, horrible shit. Um, something I'm genuinely pleased about that we get to do on this on, on podcasts as the podcast medium i think there's an awful lot of people who and forgive me for saying so steve but would have had the reaction that you had at the end of last week's episode like oh i vaguely know who that person she's some sort of porn star or something those are the those are the bits of information that you recall if you don't really know the story very very well and i think it's very tempting a lot of media outlets will just sort of cover a story like this for you know a very short amount of time and just take the really salacious bits out and i'm not at all blaming you steve i think that is how media works unfortunately i think it is a very not without trying to pat ourselves on the back or anything like that i'm not trying to do that but i think it is very nice to have the opportunity to tell to give this story the kind of nuance that it actually deserves and the only way you can do that is through a long form medium whether it be Mm. you know a documentary or a podcast or whatever so yeah i'm not trying to be like aren't we great but Mm. this is an example of where i genuinely think that applies personally so yeah there's a lot a lot to get into so let's start in the kind of reality of where she first kind of shot to prominence would have been 2008 when she was added to the cast of the MTV show 16 and Pregnant, which is a show where you'll be shocked to learn from the title. Um, they follow the hardships of teenage girls in America who are pregnant. Kind of does says it on the tin, doesn't it? The, does what it says yeah. on the tin. Yeah. Fire Abraham was 17 and in high school when this show started and pregnant when this show started filming i've got to say too old for it technically isn't she but you know technically yeah um but i've got to say renfrey 
as a place to start and where we go we're going into some quite murky depths here yeah i think our elbow is pretty close to the u-bend immediately Mm. because for me the idea of a show on mtv where you kind of gawkingly follow around a group of pregnant 16 year old schoolgirls. I think that's a pretty horrible idea for a show, to be perfectly honest. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were going to turn around and say, this is meant to be a document to show how hard it is for teenage mothers to blah, 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 do it once, maybe, maybe I might go, okay, I'll let you off. But the fact that it was followed up five times with the series Teen Mum 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. Teen Mum Young and Pregnant, and the appallingly titled 16 and recovering makes me think that this is nothing but a revolting grubby little exploitative cash grab from the good folk at mtv yeah um what a surprise um i mean yes there are ways to do documentaries like that i can imagine louis theroux doing a a documentary on that where he covers it in a in a way that is genuine like I don't know, not, um, what's the word that I'm striking, trying to get, not um, exploitative. There we go. Uh, but um, MTV aren't really known for that, are they? They're not known for their, like, hard-hitting, well-made documentaries. I don't, I'm not sure, I mean, we'll probably get a wealth of examples now, but I'm not sure I can recall MTV ever making a decent documentary. Oh, actually... Did they have something to do? Well, where, where I'm sure, like there. back in the day, they made yeah. some good music-based yeah. things, right? I mean, the kind of uh, saying that even I mean that's not the same, but the VH1 behind the music, people go, oh, VH1 behind the music was great. They weren't actually. They well, were, when you when you watch them back, they were fucking rubbish. That, that's the thing. Is, I remember we we watched a fair bit of that material for the Metallica Load special we did uh, for classic albums, and. Um, people recall that stuff being great because in reality it's all we had and just seeing metallica on tv was like oh my god like that was enough that that's all you needed back then because it was so rare that you'd see that but yeah if we're talking about the quality of the programming it was fucking horrendous it was rubbish yeah i mean i guess this to me like i watched the i I watched a kind of um tv spot kind of teaser trailer for i I was like i'm not going into this show i don't want to i don't feel like i need to Uh, i don't think it's going to mine any funny clips or any even interesting clips particularly for me to 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 like get through but i did watch the teaser trailer for uh an episode for an episode or a a series of teen mum i think it was and um Yeah, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Teen Mom, how are they going to cope with all that shit? Mm. It was, in a lot of ways, the kind of um, benefit porn, uh, the kind of Jeremy Kyle benefit porn gawking at people less fortunate than I, um, Yang to the, uh, you know, my sweet 16th birthday Mm. program that I had on it. Do you remember that that program on MTV where they got (laughs) unbelievably followed disgustingly spoilt rich children having the most lavish vile birthday parties I, I i recall i recall it being a show i don't i don't know if i've ever even yeah, seen I a clip a from of, it but I, yeah. I watched a couple of them back in the day just when they were on telly i think my ex-girlfriend's 
brother used to like watching it. Right. Um, I remember once some kid who was like 16 got bought a car, but got bought like a Lamborghini for his birthday. And he had like fucking like LL Cool J and stuff playing or somebody like <laughs> he had like, it wasn't LL Cool J. I don't know what I said. It was so, it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a big name artist came and played his just random kids, like 17th birthday party. And his dad got him a, a Lamborghini, but it was in the wrong color. So he went mental and was like, this is terrible. And I just thought you should be airlifted into Syria with a, with a sort of rather, with a slightly sharp stick and just dumped into a fucking village with like, with a Kalashnikov and, mm you know and and no money and just a pair of pants and just told to fucking you know fend for yourself you spoiled little cunt all right quick horrible show horrible very very quick aside um i went to someone uh, i went to someone i went to drama school with someone who uh was bought a bmw for their birthday i think it was for their 21st by their boyfriend and um started crying and we were all like, oh, that's cute. Uh, and she was crying because it was the wrong colour. So, yeah, I've met people like that. I went to drama school with them and they I, are cunts. You should get the death I, I mean, death penalty. <laughs> not many things I think you should get the death penalty for. But I think uh, if you cry at the wrong colour of a car, I think you should have all of your... You should get sanctioned like fucking Roman Abramovich. Do you know what I mean? I think she should literally have everything taken away from you. That second. They should just go, sorry, we've just closed. We've just frozen your bank account. We're going to now take all of your clothes and just burn them and all of your possessions and just throw them in a volcano. And now you have to go and live on the street. You ungrateful fucking piece of shit. I, I, I mean, we're getting off topic here a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say you're a pathetic piece of shit. <laughs> I just hate those fucking cunts yes. so much. I hate those cunts. And MTV for gawking at those people yeah. are reprehensible bags of shit. Absolutely. Uh, now, like I say, I've not seen the show, but um, a lot of the, I think where we're going to go with this album, a lot of the trauma derided from this record is born from some of the events that took place within the show. Um, Far Abraham's mother, Deborah Danielson, is a name that will probably come up a fair bit in this. Yeah. Routinely calls her daughter a whore for getting pregnant, apparently, throughout mm-hmm. the show and blocks her from having an abortion which i mean there's so much wrong with that Uh i don't even know how to begin to start unpacking it really i i I don't know if we're qualified almost to unpack it but but yeah i I mean mean, hopefully everyone listening to this should know full well there's so much wrong with that like clearly yeah yeah i mean there's so much wrong for her as a mother to do that Mm -hmm. there's so much trauma that she's going to cause her daughter Mm -hmm. for doing that Mm -hmm. and let's not forget at this point this is 2009 that's a 13 year old girl somewhere on this planet at this point who has recorded video footage of her mother planning to have her aborted Mm -hmm. fucking hell I didn't even think about that Jesus Christ nothing about that makes me think we should have been as viewers should have been privy to that kind of information that shouldn't be something which people get to see yeah right Uh, of course especially in the manner of coming up next x on the beach but first you're not having an abortion i mean fucking hell renfrey yeah 
already. I mean, it gets worse, this, to be honest. But it does. This, that is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I I I have nothing more. To, I have nothing more to add. I, I, I got I got a tiny bit choked up when you mentioned the fact that there is a thirteen-year-old out there in the world who could see that. For, I I I have to admit, there's so much stuff going on with this story that I hadn't even thought about that. That is, mm. I can't. I don't have the words. So. Yeah, it's but it's bad. Um, yeah. that's an understatement yeah yeah it, it's bad and also on uh, that first season as well the father of Far Abraham's unborn child Derek Underwood died in a car crash before the birth to add insult to injury to add to add insult to a situation which is already pretty fucking horrendous <laughs> I mean it's I'd call it pretty fucking horrendous um People in television would call it good telly. Exactly. Mm. I bet those yes. MTV executives had fucking cast iron boners mm-hmm. when that happened because they were like, yeah. hit, we're going to get lots of people watching. This is a great story. You know, I, I, mm. I bet they were fucking delighted. And if there is any kind of hell, which for the purposes of, <laughs> of those people, I kind of hope there is. Mm. Um, yeah. You think... An eternity having endless 64-inch widescreen 4K HD televisions shoved into their rectum (laughs) for all of eternity would be some sort of suitable ironic punishment, I think. So Richard Blackwood deserves 18 litres of coffee, you're saying, and these people deserve... I mean, mean, look, if if, if Richard... I don't think Richard Blackwood necessarily... He probably doesn't, to be fair. He doesn't deserve it at all. When you consider some of this, Richard Blackwood is just a a completely normal guy, (laughs) right? And if if just doing that, just releasing quite kind of quite an annoying album, is 18 litres of coffee, Lord only knows... I don't think there's ever been enough coffee in the world <laughs> to be no. poured into these yeah. people's rectums. Yeah. Um, on the second series of the show, uh, this is Teen Mum, as opposed to 70, uh, 16 and Pregnant, uh, Fire Abraham and uh, Deborah Danielson, their relationship grew so bad to the point that Danielson was eventually brought up in court for assault, for physical battery and assault of her own daughter. This is on telly, Renfrey. This is daytime. I mean, this is daytime. M- this is fucking MTV. Yeah, I know. Singled I, out and that... bloody total request live. I, what the fuck? I know. I, I what I, the fuck? As I said, I have. I don't have the words. I am speechless. It is. <sighs> Yeah, I, no, I don't have the words. I, sorry, man, you just have to move on. I, I don't even know what to say. I, I can't. Yeah, it, I can't. It's even. absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so this is 2010, right? It's 2010. Around this time, by all accounts, you know, Fire Abraham in 2010 is 19, around 19 years mm-hmm. old. Um, she uh, has to go to court. <laughs> I mean, her, her mum charged in court for for, for beating her up. Um she was what, very, was she, very was she open. Pre- I mean, not not that it actually matters, but was she pregnant at the time that her mum assaulted her? I 
I don't know that. I mean, okay. I would. It's it like it is irrelevant either way. Like like you know, it's I'm not I'm not going. Oh my god, it would be so much worse. I mean, I think it. Well, I think it would have been worse if she had been pregnant at the time. It is horrendous either way, and it is a. a it's probably a detail which isn't. Oh god, I don't want to say a detail that isn't important. You know what I mean? Like, but I was just yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a, a news story now, and it says, it was reported on Monday that da- Deborah Downs had an argument with her daughter, Abraham, 18, over childcare issues, as well as okay. other problems, okay. on okay. Saturday, the 16th so of January. Downs threw a T-shirt that landed near her infant granddaughter, Sophia. Abraham yelled loudly, leading Danielson to allegedly grab Abraham by the throat and hit her alongside of the head and in the mouth. Police observed multiple cuts to the right side of the victim's mouth, and that is what got her in court. Okay, um, so she wasn't pregnant. It's still irrelevant. It's still fucking horrendous what she did. Yeah, still and fucking horrendous. horrendous. And um, she admitted for Abraham around this time that you know she was finding it very difficult to cope. Ended up going to therapy quite a lot. Um, who was sort of a therapist who was helping her to deal with you know becoming a mum at this age the rocky relationship she had with her family you know her mum and dad had, had been divorced and of course you know like the the fact that the father of you know i think she had a kind of on-off relationship with the with the guy who passed away but whatever you know that's the father uh, of your own step, uh, her stepfather yeah, yeah uh, sorry father uh, her father the father of the, the father yeah yeah, yeah 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 um you know that's a lot that's a lot to take in yeah yeah, uh, of course. I, I, like at also uh, at any age, but fuck me at that age. I cannot even fathom it. I know I'm saying that a lot. I but I just can't with this woman, man. I just mm. cannot imagine. Mm. In 2011, she began a uh, a course in the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale, where she got an associate degree in culinary arts and management, and launched the pasta sauce <laughs> uh mum and me pasta sauce line and it at that point mm. that's when i go do that mm. do that go and be a chef go and yeah. be a cook go and work in food yeah get out of here go and raise your daughter like, do that do that right mm-hmm. there's an alternate universe where she's like fuck this i'm gonna go and do that and i think that is a much better universe for mm-hmm. far abraham than the yeah. one that we end up getting because that that's a real that feels like a real i mean you know i don't know much like i've done a, a f- quite a fair bit of research for this because you know obviously we're tippy-toeing around some as we've already discussed some pretty fucking horrendous stuff but uh, for me like from the research i can i can you know like you would be better off doing that to me this is a person who should not have been allowed on television? Not, not, not allowed. Like, oh, you, you're not good enough to be on telly. But no, but someone should have stepped in at some point and gone, you, hold on a minute. You know, yeah. 2009. She's she, 2011. Sorry, when she goes off to do this, she's she what? She like 19, 20, 20. At, at the the oldest she could have been is twenty, right? Mm. Because if she, she was if she was seventeen when she started it in two thousand and eight, seventeen, eighteen, yeah. In 2011, she's going to be 20 years old. 20 years old, mm. right? Now, presumably, she made a little bit of money, a fair bit from the MTV thing. I wouldn't imagine she made loads, but you and she got enough infamy to or enough kind of fame 
for her to be able to launch that pasta sauce thing. And to me, you are not going to get the peace and the closure that you need through the world of celebrity. You're just not going to get that from those people. You are going to be, I mean, like, there are a lot of people and I look at them and I go, I don't really like you, but fuck me, you've been exploited anyway. Kerry Katona has been exploited, yeah. massively exploited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the by, MTV, Sky, fucking ITV, like whoever, ITV2, like whoever, whatever, right? The tabloids. You know, I'm not saying Kerry Katona is someone who's like, oh, bless poor Kerry Katona, like necessarily. No, but at the no. same time, I do think if Kerry Katona had just gone, fuck this, I don't want anything to do with any people. She'd just moved to another country and gone, I'm just going to you know, work in an office or something, I think her life would be far less um, frantic. Yeah, frantic, difficult. difficult, Yeah, I think she would be happier. She would be much happier without that. Um, I guess it's an addiction for some people though, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it is. And and again, I'm not, well, I'm, I'm, fame infamy whatever i can see how it can have addictive qualities is what i will say um yeah but, you know yeah but i think when you're a 20 year old girl and i mean she claimed there's an interview that i found where she claimed that she constantly thought about committing suicide and that she decided that if she was going to do it when she does it when she does it it will be i'm going to drown myself in the bath that's how i'm going to do it I don't think you should be having 20-year-old girls being in from reality television programs being interviewed and expressing that kind of sentiment. That to me says get this person the fuck out of the limelight. Why is that interview even being printed? Yeah, exactly. Why is that interview even being printed? That's the point where I, as an interviewer, like, listen, right, I, I'm not going to go into it, but I have done a few interviews before in my time with people in bands where I've gone, <laughs> where I've put the phone down and I phoned my editor or my um, features editor and I have gone, we can't run this. We can't run this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm like, I don't think we should run this. Because, and they've gone, oh yeah, you're probably right. and that's And that's lucky, I guess, that, that I feel like that and I work for somewhere like Metal Hammer with people like Merlin and Eleanor who also feel like that actually give a shit yeah right who don't want to fucking stitch people up who don't want to go oh no no that'll get loads of clicks but there are loads of places that do and you can't print that man how the fuck do those people like I honestly I read that I was like how are you you even fucking living with yourself you've printed this it's fucking unbelievable it's fucking unbelievable um but uh this is 2012 when this album comes out at this point um rather than going away and i guess she decides to cash in and write her book write her kind of autobiography write memoirs i mean i'm not quite sure who would want to read that but i guess people did and i guess that is that is the thing that happened um she had met the producer uh frederick which is frederick with no like with like no vowels basically f-r-d-r-k frederick 
whose real name is oh Frederick M. Krivas, uh in the I... post-production of Teen Mom. I hate him already. Yeah, okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go so on. he was working uh, in the post-production of Teen Mom, and, um, and she said to him, uh, can you produce an album of music for me to go alongside this autobiography that I'm uh, writing after she was inspired by a song that he played her called Cinema by Benny Benassi. Now, I'm not really familiar. Well, I'm not familiar with Benny Benassi. I'm definitely not familiar with the song Cinema. But having listened to this album, I decided to listen to um, the song Cinema. Wondering what it was that we were going to get. Um, I wondered if it was going to be some sort of avant-garde thing. Um, it's not. It's not at all. It's uh, it's also not very good. But it's it's just a real basic as fuck techno dance track from the sort of mid-noughties, right? So that makes me think that that is what she was aiming for. And it's not what we got, but it makes me think that's what what she was aiming for. Um, the, the, I mean, yeah. Without getting into it too much, the, 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 I can I can see how there are elements of that um, on the final product on the final record. But um, yes, it's not exactly the same thing, is it? Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Frederick himself has gone on to produce songs by the likes of One Direction and Justin Bieber. So he must be quite well-respected in his field in some way. Um, But I found an interview with him from The Fader talking about this album. Now, Fire Abraham recorded her vocals to a click track uh, away from the music. So she, she just recorded her vocals to a click track without having heard the music. Oh, that... So the music... The vocals were recorded to a click track. Yes. Just a click, 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 click. Yes. Um, to keep time. And she hadn't actually heard the music. That does make the album make a bit more sense, I have mm. to say. Yes. Bit like Talk Talk, innit? <laughs> bit like Talk Talk. Back to that later. Um, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> my mind is blown. Okay. Yeah, back to that later. Yeah. I'm getting um, so angry. I'm getting so fucking angry talking about this, man. Well, wait to hear what yeah. Frederick has to say. Some people spoke to me and said I could get blackballed if this doesn't do well. And my name pops up on the first page of Google. I actually took a week off to sit on the contract, which we'd written up just for me, her and her mother. I asked to do a work for hire so my name wouldn't be on it. But I wasn't going to turn it down. She was on MTV, so I thought it would be a great push. I was thinking, this is going to be a nice little payday. It was an hourly rate, and I think she paid the studio somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000. I thought this could be a springboard for my career nice nice frederick nice surely this is proof that anyone who goes around taking vows out of their name is a grade a cunt right (laughs) isn't it yeah i mean fucking hell check yourself you stupid piece of shit how 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 can you have the fucking ego to think that that is an acceptable thing to say even when you know when when you're not being interviewed you obnoxious prick i could not believe that guy said that i could not believe the fucking nerve of the cunt 
to just be like, oh yeah, I saw this girl. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's I saw what... this. I saw this vulnerable young girl who'd been on this TV show, and I knew all the stuff. I knew about her pregnancy and i knew about her relationship with her mum and i knew her boyfriend had died and i knew she was pregnant and i knew she was doing a book and she came to me and said can you make me some songs and i thought oh god i'll try and get my name off of it but i'll take the money but then actually because she's on mtv maybe it might be a nice little springboard for my career that is not the person you want producing your record that is not the per- and when people turn around we will get to uh, the critical reactions is record are when people turn around and go ah oh, what a piece of avant-garde genius it's like no 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 mm. this is fucking cynical bullshit like revolting cynical mm. bullshit and that guy it, it, unbelievable he, he's effectively without saying the word he has effectively said i exploited her absolutely and saying it in a way which is like <laughs> jovial as fuck jovial yeah. as fuck yeah. Um, now, we've spoken about autotune a lot before. This might be one of the most hideously over-autotuned albums ever made. Uh, this is what Frederick had to say about the art of autotuning. The autotune was something I was really specialising in. She wanted something that sounded kind of edgy, so we went with a more aggressive effect. When you're singing and you know how to play with the autotune, it's, a really, it's really a tool. T-Pain knows how to sing, and I mean that in no disrespect to her, but if he wants to see, he goes right for the sea. In this case, it was really a gamble. Whatever she got closest to, that's what we did. There was a few times where autotune lets you dial in and say this note should be a C instead of the D that it keeps going to. But obviously everything is a business and we didn't have 100,000 hours to work on everything. So some things just had to go as it went. At least nothing is out of tune. Not necessarily a note you may find pleasurable, but not out of tune. Um, I disagree with that, but sure. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I know we're not getting into the album yet, but um, one of my notes was, how can you auto-tune a vocal and it still be out of tune? That's how. That's, that's how you do you've it. you've got someone like Frederick <laughs> working for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the lyrics to the record are albums written from notes by Abraham regarding her depression, uh, drug consumption, the death of the father of her child her relationship with her parents it's all the stuff that we have already spoken about are detailed in fairly kind of painstaking detail although you don't necessarily get exactly what the hell is going on for much of the album as we will get into in a bit but Mm. when asked about it um uh, and the lyrics she said most people don't look at rock bottom as therapeutic to me that was therapeutic uh, it was another way for me to to for me to express myself. I'm an artist. I'm an entre. Uh, I'm an on entre- what, What's the fucking word? An entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Yeah. I just couldn't say that. Then an That's entrepreneur. Right, but- I love to dive in and experience new things in a positive way. I have to say that I, that they've only heard one song, but they haven't heard all of the songs that go with the book. It's a book track. It's not like a Kanye West soundtrack or an album. Um, it's definitely not like definitely not. E- either of those things really is it it was funny mm. actually bringing up Kanye around this time because Donda 3 could be some sort of like Pete Davidson murdering version of, of of this album if he carries on I mean like the guy like, there's another person losing their fucking mind so in a lot of ways she's like a kind of um, uh, uh, <laughs> feels like the sort of artistic aim for what Kanye West is currently doing at the moment this record well careful you might be going down a tiny mixtapes rhetoric with that too yeah, much I to be, be yeah. discussed but sure yeah 
Um, so the album was released not really as an album but as an audio accompaniment to go with the book apparently this was to help the reader of the book connect with the themes of the book more i would argue as we will get into a little bit it actually does surely the complete opposite but you know well so obviously look uh, we haven't read the book um probably not massively surprising uh, so i guess we can't comment but then at the same time i cannot imagine how you could put this on and it be anything you know whilst reading and it be anything but a distraction oh that's really yeah i really get what this book means now <laughs> yeah Do you know what i mean i that's fucking nonsense <laughs> i mean no that's just bullshit it's ridiculous yeah. so um that was the album and that's kind of where we get to when it's released i mean there is much more to this story than this but this is around the area that the the album comes out so let's talk about the reviews of this record uh the response to this record nearly broke my brain Remfrey. Mm. my brain is kind of snapped into is cracked i'm gonna have to sellotape my brain back together just from reading endless reviews mm. of this record and the different stuff they say um many of the original responses to the album scoffed at the record saying it was like a worse version of rebecca black's friday which had come out in 2011 and was similarly ridiculed i'm not sure if you're aware of that song oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah of course i would have thought friday yeah. um i mean that feels like a very very basic bitch approach to it but sure fine mm-hmm. um it was also obviously at first compared to albums by other reality tv stars such as paris hilton who is also in the hat mm-hmm. fyi um but uh, paris hilton's album does not sound like this uh let's go into a few of the responses jezebel none of them are big like none of the, the people that reviewed this record are there's no nme there's no q there's no pitchfork there's no do you know what i mean there's none of the places that we usually talk about reviewing the records appear to have really touched it because the majority of professionals when it would come to reviewing this record would go that looks like an exploitative piece of tat we're not going to touch that and we're not Mm. we have values and we're not going to you know review it in a in a positive or a negative sense yeah i would imagine yes So let's go into some of them. Jezebel said, It's a song about recovering from suicidal thoughts. The irony is it will make you want to kill yourself. And also said, The most horrible called... uh, This is from the lead... One of the the, the lead track. uh, uh, The most horrible combination of sounds ever to be assembled in the history of audio recording. Pop Dust said, The internet police are trying to stop this thing from spreading as much as contraceptives wish they could have protected Farah's genes from doing the same. Nice. Um, the editor's note at the start of the Fact Magazine review, which is a crazy old review, um, so I didn't put any of it in, but the there is a note at the start of it saying, we decided to run this review without a rating. It's such an anomaly, more so than anything else Fact will review this year, that trying to fit it into any kind of scale seems pointless. There are no comparison points. Consider it either a 0 out of 5 or a 5 out of 5, depending on your perspective, tolerance, and general sanity. Uh, the Guardian said, this is a truly bizarre mix of generic david guetta pop beats those dubstep drilling sounds that feature heavily on 
Ministry of Sound bro step compilations and Abraham's abrasive auto-tune vocals. It may use the same ingredients of much of the present pop landscape, but it sounds like something completely different, as if someone is translating chart music into an alien language and back again. It's an agonising, disconcerting clatter that's closer to the Crystal Castles than the throbbing Euro cheese of Katie Price's musical venture, Free to Love Again. All in all, it's as if Joey Essex had ditched Towie to record an album with Ortecra and Lars von Trier. You know what? I'm surprised The Guardian covered it, but fair play to that reviewer in terms of, wow, because I didn't have a clue how I was going to even begin describing this record, really. And Mm. if you had not heard the record and you were aware of all of those references, blah, 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 it's actually not bad at all. So I don't Mm. know who that reviewer was, but fair, fair too in terms of like putting like that's actually very astute and very well written i would say yeah um the voice labeled it genre wise as troll gaze and said it was music (laughs) whose primary goal is to incite galvanizing reactions in jaded internet savvy audiences um the atlantic said the album is dense perplexing and uncomfortable it suggests everyday teen anxieties and traumas in an uncanny language that's both mesmerizing and at turns horrifying in that sense it's reminiscent of david lynch's film work perhaps my teenage dream ended is to teen angst what a razor head was to domestic angst like a razor head we only get flashes of realism to ground us in a recognizable world before descending into the stuff of nightmares abraham's description of the new pregnancy is distinctively lynchian this bump doesn't go away neither does the fear on my face uh the village voice compared it to the uh the band salem the kind of avant-garde um was it witch um uh witch was it was like a witch call there's a kind of movement that happened around that time uh with a lot of sort of avant-garde electro sounding records and one of them had the word witch in the title i can't quite remember what it was now but you know it was a some fucking weird shit anyway but they said uh witch house witch house that's it yes if rock bottom had been serviced to a certain music outlets under a different name a different artist name and by a particularly influential publicist you'd probably be reading bland praise of its electro influences right now and um tiny mixtapes gave it four stars and the mental gymnastics that you have to jump through to justify your enjoyment of this record is summed up in the last paragraph of their review, I think, in which they say, to ask whether the weirdness of her album was intentional, if at all, is not an interesting question, precisely because of the accuracy of the place from which it reflects the contemporary situation. One review invokes Laurie Anderson, William Burroughs and Dada only to take it back as sarcasm. But why, when it's this very mode, the uncomfortable inability to solidify one's voice, that is precisely at issue. All questions of zeitgeist aside, MTDE is also an album that creates a unique mood, one that stands up to repeated listens rather than being a single listen concept novelty piece. We can approach this world then, bearing in mind the principles of the death of the author, but the problem it embodies is not the fact that the author's intentions are relevant, rather the author itself is irrelevant, because it now encompasses the world, magnified, and in that magnification reveals the seems. That's someone, ah! that's someone trying to be, <laughs> What? That's someone trying to present themselves as cleverer than they actually are, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was named the thirty second best album of two thousand twelve by The Guardian. Are you fucking kidding me? Was it? No. Yeah. 
speechless. Yeah. Uh, just speechless. It was named the 33rd best album of 2012 by Tiny Mixtapes, who wrote that review. Uh, and the 46th best album of the decade by Tiny Mixtapes. I mean... I mean, what was number one? Temper Temper. <laughs> Well, by the sounds of this record, I'd say 100 Gex is probably number one. I mean, fucking hell. That is... Like, that is... uh, We'll get into it later. Yeah. The AV Club named it the least essential album of 2012, bringing a little bit of sanity to some of this by saying, while no one expected musical greatness from Abraham, her insanely auto-tuned vocals and bland production shocked even the teen mum's actual fans and earned her a heaping helping of derision from the snarky descendants of the internet, some of whom even went so far to suggest that it might be an example of outsider art, or as the writer from The Atlantic put it, a dark and compelling experiment in abstracting and compressing the viscitudes of high school drama. As anyone who's seen Team Mum could tell you, though, that's giving Abraham way too much credit. She just made a terrible record and, even more relevant for our purposes, a completely unnecessary record. So, Renfrey, it's reached that point of the podcast where I turn to you and say, what do you think of My Teenage Dream Ended by Farah Abraham? Right. Um... I'd like to think that in the preceding 55 minutes or so, we've already made it clear that we think Farah Abraham has been dealt an extraordinarily tough hand. And I really hope that's come across. I also hope that it's come across that we think that some of her behaviour has not been great as well, to say to say the least. But, you know, did she deserve the horrible shit that she's been through? And we'll continue to go through. And we'll continue we'll to go through. Absolutely not. Right? Some of this, as we will again talk about and sort of have already talked about, some of this, you know, you were saying very astutely, she did that cookery course and it's like, why get out, do that, do that, get out of the public eye. And for whatever reason, she hasn't done that. And, you know, this is, there, this is one of these those cases where you just want to, when it when it when it take someone and shake them and go for god's sake it's not your fault you're in this situation but you're not helping yourself either so before i get into what i think of this record i want to just highlight that okay all that said my teenage dream ended is a fucking abhorrent record i mean it's rubbish it's dreadful uh every vocal is auto-tuned as i already mentioned how can you auto-tune vocals since they still be out of tune well now that you've explained how that process happened i'm beginning to understand it more i think um we have covered on riot act shows uh, uh albums sorry that have dealt with domestic abuse and um, abuse of all sorts of death with well. death with extraordinarily difficult issues and and of course you know just because you cover those things doesn't give you an automatic pass um and and doesn't mean that the art that you have you know created as a result of those it doesn't mean that it's amazing that might sound really uh you know it might i mean that might sound really harsh in some respects but fuck it it's true you know this is 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 a god awful album, and I have already mentioned a hundred gex, but it did remind me a lot of a hundred gex, and and anyone who heard our writers' review, and quite a lot of you did actually, it's probably one of the most popular writers' reviews you've ever, ever done. Um, but those who heard the one, the the writers' review we did on a hundred gex will know that it is, you, you know, I I really 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 took against that record. Um, as a piece of art. My Teenage Dream Ended is a failure for a number of reasons. I think the key reason why it's a failure is because when I first... Well, when I first, I've only listened to this record once. I've only managed to get through it once. I had to stop. I just say, like, you had to stop a few times, and it's 27 minutes long. Yes. Let's put that into perspective. And, and, I, and when you go, well, fucking hell, Renfrey. Like, the people listening, like, 27 minutes? You can put yourself through something for 27 minutes. Nope. Well, give it a go. I see how you get on because struggled. you might I, I i feel like i i mean to bring up 100 gex is a is a good because you know i i looked at 100 gex and i was like i'm not necessarily sure that i like this record mm. i kind of get it and i feel like there's an element of dare i say it kind of fun or mm-hmm. irony or something within 100 this, gex that yes. i'm like you know like this is people pissing around mm. this is something which is designed to kind of be like hey mm-hmm. this is not that no no, not at There's all. none of that on this. And I, um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, initially I could only do two tracks at a time. I, I, I really, really did. And, and not because it was hard hitting or anything like that. I think that the, the, the ultimate reason why the album is a failure is, so basically the first six tracks I listened to without the context, I hadn't read the story. And I knew from the snatches of kind of, conversation or the snatches of the auto-tune stuff that i could hear and make out i knew that there was something this record was about something that was disturbing but i could not pinpoint at all what it was in the slightest and when i read the story It in ter- in terms of in terms of putting the story forward, you know, through music and making you really feel those things, the the empathy machine thing that we talk about that Roger Ebert brought up with um, film, I think that can apply to music as well. If you take um, something like that incredible Lingui Ignota record or something like that, you know, that mm-hmm. we we said when we reviewed that record, that is the closest that someone like you or I will hopefully ever get to a to experiencing the sort of thing that that uh Kristen Hater went through um we still have no idea what it's like but it but it it is you know it is the closest thing it paints an incredibly vivid yeah. moving picture yeah. of yeah. that thing yes yeah. yes thank you this is not that because to be honest i put it on i just went what what the fuck is this what is it i mean it's horrible to listen to but not it it isn't it isn't the the snatches of it was uh, it wasn't the snatches of weird dialogue or the snatches of things that i was hearing that pertain to the story that were making it horrible to listen to it was the fact that it is a horrible tuneless mess of an album it's, it's it a rare example of an album which is made for one person i think yeah yeah it is 
it is a record of i mean there's a song in it called searching for closure yes horrible to listen to that, horrible that was the I close mean, that was the closest i thought that actually got to any kind of Mm. telling like telling what had happened but even that is way off the mark for me but it's musically it's incredibly disjointed her vocals are this weird stream of auto-tuned consciousness and it's somebody clearly trying to work through stuff that they haven't really worked through yet and i don't think it should be again it's not something which i personally think should be captured for posterity i don't think it should be cap i think if the thing about something like Linger Ignota is the there's a there's a sort of in an album like Caligula, there is a sort of sense there's it's a difficult record, but there's a sense of clarity of exactly what is going on and how that person feels. Whereas this is somebody grasping around for like answers a yeah. little bit, yeah. and I don't think that that is something which 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 means that you don't get personally affected by it you just go ah and i don't think it's the sort of thing that it's not what i want to hear it might have helped far abraham to have said that but then as well you look at it as again a quote-unquote piece of art she did this in a room with a click track not knowing what the music was going to sound like and some hack Mm. came along and manipulated it into the semblance of a song i mean i don't think we need to go into individual songs i was kind no, of like i've written don't. down stuff for individual songs it's all the but, fucking same we don't need to go I, I don't think we yeah. do it's i mean it's just you know it just a lot of i've written down it's like the worst bit of that madonna album if she'd had a full frontal lobotomy in a lot of sense in a lot of ways you know <sighs> yeah musically yeah. speaking yeah you know it is an atrocious atrocious beats awful repetitive hooks that are jarring and you know what i mean it like it, it it's bad and it's bad and people who you know we might have the odd person here and there i mean i think we've been i think like me me in particular i'm all i always try and go there's been a few things that we've had where you know the shags outside of art lou reed's metal machine music i tried to go look it's hard but like it created a thing and that thing's been very successful in a lot of cases we admire at least that thing this tag of outsider art for this particular record doesn't sit with me very well at all i think it's insanely disrespectful to call this outsider art i don't think a hack like frederick who works for mtv i don't think when you are when, when most of the people involved in this are absolutely part of the establishment of mainstream like really mainstream mm. establishment i mean even take like what frederick has done in the aftermath of this with justin bieber and one direction the manner in which he admits he approaches this I'm doing it for money yeah he said it himself I'm, I'm doing it for money i'm doing it to like raise my profile yeah that's not outsider art Daniel yeah. Johnson didn't create music because he thought he was doing the shags that you know there's there's a there's whether you like listening to it or not there is a purity about the shags wrote songs about liking it having a, a cat yeah and how everyone in the world should 
you know people in the world look at each other and they say oh i wish i was a bit more like that and they're sweet they didn't understand why they were doing it yeah they were bullied into doing it it's horrible but there's a sweet songs there and and having a the the purity is a great word for it but yes there's an innocence and a purity to that record it is horrible in lots of other ways especially when you know the story and Mm. to be honest i thought the people who called that outsider art i thought that was pretty disrespectful um compared to this Uh, like i think sometimes i think it's the same mentality with people who wang on about conspiracy theories i think they want attention basically i think people who um who you know not to say that you can't read about conspiracy theories for a bit of fun but if you, if if you're the sort of person who i don't know vaccine denier or something like that and you're you're going on and on and on about it and social media you are trying to um put this narrative across that you are smarter than everyone else because you've seen something that other people haven't seen that's how a lot of conspiracy theorists that's how a lot of their brains work and i think stuff like the tiny mixtapes thing the way that that you know utterly convoluted horrible um last paragraph is put together it it smacks of someone pretending to be clever when as a matter of fact they're a fucking moron it's upper middle class people going into a a, a, a greasy spoon and going oh god it's so oh, look, the cutler is dirty i love it here it's so authentic and so it's like it's just fucking bacon on and it's just beans yeah. on toast mate yeah it's yeah. just beans on toast it's great like it's fine it's great yeah. whatever nothing wrong with beans on toast but nothing yes, wrong with yes, beans yes. on toast because actually you know i'd rather be here than be at a you know five-star restaurant because and all that sh- and it's like that what jarvis cocker talks about in common people by pulp is about that person like yeah. I, I i'm not from this and i don't have to live this reality but i can see the unbelievable beauty in it and we've spoken a lot about you know how sometimes the utterly mundane i mean you know we did original pirate material by the streets recently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the utter mundanity of what mike skinner does is what makes that brilliant but it works because mike skinner is that his attempt is to do that he saw a way to create that and turn it into coherent stories that are engaging and well articulated and different yeah this doesn't do any of that yeah and not only does it not do that it's not trying to do that it never attempted to do that and even if you go ah yes but it was this subliminal thing to blah 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 no it's completely compromised by the fact that the people involved in making it are just doing it for a quick buck Mm. Mm. there's no there's no outsider art to this it's a shit record Mm. and if you want to i mean i was going to get into this in a little bit but i'll mention it now if you want what i think is the third strike and out you cannot argue against this go and listen to the single she released in 2014 two years later she releases a really really typical pop song which is clearly i got a different producer i didn't like how the vocals turned out with that one it was a bit weird i actually have a songwriter this time who's written a song and i've written more of a melody it's not a great song by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. but it sounds like a normal pop song mm-hmm. it was inspired by a normal pop song 
this isn't somebody going i'm going to deconstruct pop music and the, the the idea of what it means to be a reality tv show uh star and 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 dis you know make this kind of frankenstein's monster of it that's not what this is at all no. this is someone these are a bunch these are hacks and talentless people getting together and making something rubbish you're not fucking it's not it's not outsider it's not outsider art it is not outsider art right because if it was she would if she wanted to do that and that was what her intention was she would have carried on doing it mm. but she didn't she went and made 2 years later a completely normal fucking pop song that's obviously what she wants to do it, it, even it, even worse than that it's talentless hacks getting together to do that and exploiting a person and Exploit- from yeah. what you you have told me information that i didn't know fucking admitting to it in yeah. the press exactly like everything that stacks up on the oh this is outsider art you've got one cohesive argument for it being outsider art and that is the weird sound of the record that's it that's it yeah that's it. In f- in fact, you are looking at the record. If you believe that, you're actually looking at the record on a far more certain. Going, oh, you know, you need to peel the layers back. No, you're looking at it on a surface level and going, I want to think that this is a big outsider, weird. No, oh, no, you don't get it, man. She's deconstructing the idea of the reality TV. She's deconstructing pop music. No, mate, mm. that is you on the surface wanting that to happen. All the other evidence against of this record every single other thing about it says just fucking disaster mm. just crap record mm. crap somebody who is you know Farrah abraham she's 21 she doesn't know what she's doing she's not a musician she didn't even know what the music was going to sound like she wrote down a load of pro you know like ideas in her head some fucking hack you know she's on mtv she's on celebrity big brother She's a big star. She's got her own pasta sauce line. You're not a fucking outsider. Like, you know, bless her. Some terrible shit has happened to her. But at this point, mentally ill and suicidal and whatever, you're mm. still not an outsider. You are still not an outsider. You are part of the mainstream. Mm. And the fucking cunt who made all the music for it, even more so, even more so, you're a fucking cup, cup, cut and paste, copy and paste, hack fuck making this, making this album. There is nothing of any intrinsic artistic value to this record at all it is dreadful mm-hmm. and it's not fire abraham's fault she no. is not even she even admits that she doesn't care about music it's a hobby which we'll get to in a little bit mm. she's not even trying to be an artist stop fucking perpetuating this absolutely ridiculous idea that this is some kind of fucking avant-garde genius come on man yeah. come on it's Im- embarrassing it and is it, embarrassing. and all it does is it makes that behavior that i talked about on her being on celebrity big brother you're just fueling the flames of somebody who is mentally unprepared and ill-equipped to deal with this sort of lifestyle yeah exactly yeah why are you doing that because money that's the, <laughs> that's the worst fucking thing why are you doing that money to make myself rich that's why they're doing it anyway i mean this album is shit yeah it's a shit album it's fucking appalling i mean it's fucking appalling terrible yeah it is terrible this record it is fucking terrible to listen to the story of it and how it came apart is gross the reaction to it is oh 
it's it's a it's a fucking perfect storm of narcissistic exploitative self-important worthless crap swilling around uh, horrible a horrible horrible record we will rank it in a minute yeah but i just want to do the rest of this aftermath yeah it ain't nice yeah let's go back to frederick and see what he thought about the 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 album coming out he said when it came out i couldn't believe the bad press it got it was everywhere. Oh, man, this is so fucking horrible. And then The Guardian, that same year, did the top 50 albums of that year, and it made it on there. They really honed into the avant-garde part of it, as if you know mm. what that was, mate. Mm-hmm. Someone said it, and he went, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, mm-hmm. yeah. Like yeah. when Homer smashes up his barbecue, and all the fucking art critics in Springfield start <laughs> saying, oh, he's a genius, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's quite a lot says, of modern art parallels with this, aren't there? Yeah, in yeah. Some, some ways. Look, not, not to dismiss all modern art, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. He says this as well. Again, proving that he doesn't know what he's on about. Look, like Scarface. That was something that when it came out, everyone was like, this is a garbage movie. I can't believe Pacino would do that. It's the worst Cuban accent. But it became something that people now at least glorify. This album is not like Scarface. This mate. album is not like Scarface. No. This album is not like Scarface. No. Al Pacino's accent in Scarface is not like this album at, at all <laughs> no. No, i get it like scarface scarface is a divisive uh, divisive film uh, yeah. got some pretty bad reviews at the time yeah, yeah and yeah. now people like it yeah it, it, that, that that that's not the same as what this is no absolutely you fucking not. dickhead yeah. mm. um in 2014 uh in an interview with vice abraham admitted that music was a hobby not a career for her and said that she creates therapy therapeutic music after the interviewer at vice described the album as a critically acclaimed noise album and she just went uh what and didn't really know what he's talking about Mm -hmm. again more evidence Mm -hmm. that she doesn't think in those terms no no which is fine of course which is fine and 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 of course she is not the one who is selling it as that obviously she doesn't even know what that fucking means yeah you know and you could go well well neither did the shags but again it's different i just think it's clearly different i mean well you can go back to the shags episode and you can hear what i thought of that rhetoric back then i mean i think Mm. i think i i think anyone who says that for the shags is being pretty fucking disrespectful let alone for this i mean this Mm. is worse but you know in 2017 fader said that abraham should be considered an avant-garde music icon uh, in 2017, Pitchfork compared her to Charlie XCX's Pop 2 mixtape, saying sweepingly ridiculed as one of 2012's worst albums. That judgment, five years later, feels wildly narrow-minded. It is a baffling work, to be sure. Frantic layers of dubstep, EDM, witch house, and breakbeats seem to run in the opposite direction as Abraham's absurdly autotune narratives about surviving the death of her husband. After my first full spin of Pop 2, I couldn't shake the thought, this sounds like Farrah, but good. I think that's... That's the uh, everything you've just said when you add the but good on the end. Yeah. Charlie XCX writes songs, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a good point, man. Like, I have in the past picked you up when you've been like, there aren't really any songs on here. And then I've been like, but what is a song? Um, there are no songs on here. There are no yeah. songs on here at all. When you're, writing, when you're writing pop music, ultimately, like, I even think there are a few songs on 100 Gex. The fucking horse song, whatever that, like, my lovey horse, or whatever, fucking whatever it was called. Um, I think that was Father Ted. Uh, I think it was Father Ted. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, same yeah, thing. Um, 
but anyway uh also somebody tweeted me saying that they were going haha this album was put in avant-garde they tweeted me and i was like oh is it that's weird and i thought it was quite funny somebody said people who bought this also bought spirit of eden by talk talk that's on on amazon first thing that comes up people who bought this also bought spirit of eden by talk talk and again like do you know what i mean i just think man you're trying really hard to fucking justify this as this kind of yeah. avant-garde classic and yeah. bless you for trying mm. i'm looking so deep into it well you're not are you no no it's kind spirit of, of eden again spirit of eden songs all over the gaff avant-garde weird you know unusual very experimental but ultimately incredibly memorable beautiful sounding mm. and and i mean I, I can't even believe that i'm having to i mean you know i feel about talk talk mm. don't make me compare it to this please no. <laughs> thank no. you no I'd, I'd like honestly grow the fuck up as well like you like i don't i don't believe anyone who is making that argument actually believes the, themselves i don't believe i don't believe them this is why i said the conspiracy thing uh, theorist thing earlier i i just think those people are looking for attention and i think you know I, some people might listen to this and go well, aren't you doing that by doing this this is what i mean by doing a long form thing and going into it i think if you just sort of mention it and then don't we didn't pick this album by yes, the way. This yes. album, like, like i said i'd say at the top of the show we don't we didn't sit down and pick these albums no, we didn't exactly. know what the story this was no. this just came up list of worst albums ever and it was on there somewhere i can't remember yeah. where but it would have been on there and i Hence also why it's on the show i also think it you know it is a important I, again i don't want to sound like that fucking echoes and dust writer that you were talking about with the violet cold record but i think it is an important story to tell when you're talking about how people can be exploited in creative industries uh, but you need the time and the space to tell that story so you know again I, i'm not trying to be like oh aren't we fantastic but yeah I, I, all of that stuff is is just fucking bullshit and it really really pisses me off it really angers me i i think it is fucking abhorrent yeah but what of farah abraham herself in the aftermath of this she entered a show called couples therapy in 2014 where reality tv stars get relationship therapy from some doctor again i don't think that should be on television i haven't even looked into this but i also reckon there's a good chance that that doctor, quote unquote, probably doesn't even have a real doctorate, just like the whole Gillian McKeith thing, for example, who doesn't have a real doctorate. Doctor, uh, Doctor Phil, I don't think. Yeah. Doctor, well, yeah. Ben Goldacre did. I mean, I'll just a brief kind of because we haven't sort of said anything funny for a while. Ben Goldacre, Doctor Ben Goldacre, looked into the Gillian McKeith thing, um, and basically the the doctorate that she got, uh, Doctor Ben Goldacre managed to get exactly the same doctorate for his cat. It's just some, <laughs> this is this is a true story. Really? Like read, read okay. uh, yeah, his amazing book, Bad Science. It's brilliant, and he did that just to prove the point that she's a fucking fake. Uh, fake. I mean, she's well, she's a fake. She goes around saying she's a doctor, and her she doc- also goes around po- <laughs> causing other people's, people's shit, <laughs> yeah. which is probably yeah, yeah. It's kind of what we've been doing on this podcast <laughs> yeah. in a sort of metaphorical way isn't it but you know that's exactly i mean yes it is true are we better than are we any better than dr julie mcgee um but yeah but you know i mean that you can't you can just um send off 25 dollars 40 dollars whatever to these to these i don't know what they fucking are agencies with online and end up with a 
diploma or whatever or blah 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 it's all fucking bullshit yeah uh even worse than that she leaked quote unquote a sex tape with the porn star james dean later in 2014 which he claims he was paid to take part in and was not leaked at all and was in fact a paid proper legitimate pornographic film and she was paid one and a half million dollars for that um i i claims... mean I, I don't want to i kind of feel like i might be revealing interests here that i don't actually strictly have but um i've heard other things about james dean the pornographer i kind of feel yeah, like yeah, 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 i yeah. kind I of feel like a, like maybe a channel four documentary or something like that i can't remember what it, what it was but his name I, when i read that I was like, his name's come up before. In, oh, yeah. And he's, he's had a rotter. lot of horrible um, things yeah, yeah, yeah. thrown he's, at him, he's, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, done, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she claimed that pornography was the thing that ruined her life, which when you think of what had happened to her yeah. prior to this, fucking hell. Yeah. But then a sequel was released by the porn company Vivid, the first of two. I guess she should be more careful with her sex tapes, right? <sighs> they're not really sex tapes. They're actual porn films um, yeah. that are kind of I mean again that's oh, I mean all of this is just like what are you doing what it's, like, yeah so it's you're pretending fuck isn't it it's really grotty um, she claimed whilst all this was going on that you know she, while this porn stuff was happening she was going in to make kind of appearances in clubs and stuff in kind of I think strip clubs or like kind of gentlemen's clubs and um, she claimed that she had been drugged and raped in multiple occasions on those appearances. I, I like I can't go, I can't go much more into that. Really, I'm just going to say that that's like I've read some of it. I, I you know, I I, I don't want to go into any more of that. And I then Celebrity Big Brother happened. Uh, then Celebrity Big Brother happened. You know, we've already mentioned that, so I won't go back into that again. Um, due to her past. Um, uh, her kind of sex tape porn past she was dumped from the 2017 reboot of Teen Mum and her own show being Farrah dropped by MTV completely which <laughs> the nerve of MTV to create somebody like this and exploit them and milk them for everything and then have the fucking audacity the audacity audacity Renfrey of MTV to turn around and say you aren't morally sound enough to be on our television programs how fucking dare you MTV what a joke yeah oh yes you shouldn't be on here due to the poor behavior like how you know it it is uh you know the the moral what's it called The, the 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 morals of the car phone warehouse as if that, like that Stuart Lee does on 41st oh, Best yes, Stand-Up Comedian Yes, sorry, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it's that, isn't it? Um, she also said, um, oh, like I say, you know, the, um, I mentioned she, she released um, her song Blowing in 2014. Go, you know, if you do listen to the, this, that, this album, or if you stand, if you're someone who's like, oh no, I'm going to stand up for this album, do go and listen to Blowing because, you know, it totally undermines any sort of fact, any sense of this be her being some sort of avant-garde genius. It just does. Mm. Um, and right up to two days ago, there was some news from her from even more kind of grotty things. Um, oh. She filed a court. She filed a case against the former mayor of Windsor, uh, California, Dominic Fopoli, for sexual battery 
in mid-2001. Two days ago, that case was suspended due to a lack of investigative leads. Right. Which tends to happen a fair bit when rich politicians are accused by women of doing something bad, doesn't it? It does, yes. That was two days ago that that happened. Um, Again, I'm not going to take the blame for that in the same way as Mr. Blobby or anything (laughs) coming back. But yeah, I mean, so at Renfrew, we have to rank this and I'm going to say straight away, I never thought, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely never thought for a minute that I would be going... I think I kind of mentioned it around the time of Crazy Frog, but I never really believed that Crazy Frog was really worse than Broken Side, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible record and feels like it's kind of not just number one. It's been number one for so long and it's been number one way out in front. I genuinely think we can take this entire list thus far from Crazy Frog and downward and just throw it to one side so i was going to say for me the only debate is if this is number two in the list or number one yeah. now this is where it gets tricky do you put this at number one with the sort of proviso and we sort of did this with the shags as well that like this is not number one because of you farah abraham this is not your fault this is everyone else around you kind of thing i think that is what makes me feel really bad about putting it number one because when i look at broken side i don't view anyone in broken side as a victim if i recall i mean it's a while since we did but none of them were victims in any way shape or form were they not that i recall no 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 broken side are absolutely not victims uh, it's a horrible record broken side and i think horrible. actually you may have got mixed up with the behavior of blood and the dance floor because although, i have done that before so yes my bad yeah so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna because there's one thing i want to add in here okay. right which what i think might affect where we place this mm-hmm. although we have said that scene that Broken Side are from and Blood on the Dance Floor and particularly Blood on the Dance Floor with the horrible shit that that Blood on the Dance Floor got up to in their personal Broken Side have actually never had any kind of accusations of any real wrongdoing done against them in real life, right? They write some songs about things which I think are disgusting. Mm. They seem like obnoxious vile twats Mm. if their music is anything to go by they look horrible Mm. they seem like the most repugnant repulsive group of fucking assholes the kind of people that you would cross not just a road but a minefield to avoid Mm. right (laughs) but they are ultimately just a shit band. A band so shit that I can't believe how shit they are but they are ultimately just a shit band who yeah. everyone says is shit yeah this is something else it is yeah yeah you're not wrong there i i'm kind of airing to what do you know what i listened to a bit of broken side oh did you today. okay 
All right. So on a purely musical level, where, 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 where are you thinking? I think they're basically the same. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. I think this is broken side is, is you get more annoyed at broken sides. Mm-hmm. Whereas this actually makes me feel a bit sick, a bit naughty. There were times in this where I was like, fucking hell, I feel like I'm going to be sick. It's like being on a waltzer after you've eaten a curry. Mm. You know? Mm. You feel kind of nauseous listening to this. Whereas Broken Side, I just felt angry and annoyed. I was like, oh, fuck off, you twat. You, oh, what? Just like, why are you doing this? You absolute fucking cunts why yeah. are you doing this you're pathetic yeah. whereas this i was like oh my god i feel sick what's going on i have to admit on that point it's not the music that makes me angry the the story i mean i've have been having to like hold myself back a bit not that i can what am i gonna lash out at my computer um but i i've just been having to like properly stop talking and just calm the fuck down a few times during this record that's how angry this story makes me but it isn't the album that makes me do that and um i don't know is it let's let's be real though the album is awful the album is awful (laughs) also unfucking fathomably awful yeah i mean one other thing i would say is at least like is it at least or i mean broken side intended to make their album sound like this yeah they knew what it was going to sound like this is somebody who look i got a lot of having read all this i have a new perspective on fire abraham i still think she is a victim but she's also an obnoxious person right you can be both can yes. be both you can be right? both yes she is you know from that footage of big brother from the stuff she's done you know she's she's not she's not you know like we we give Kanye West shit all the time Kanye West is mm. fucking mentally ill but mm. you know we still go look he is mentally ill but fucking hell mm. stop doing this mate stop mm. you're mm. being a you're like you've gone too far Far mm. Abraham's gone too far and she doesn't have anywhere near the amount of talent or ability or reason to kind of think she's a genius in the way that Kanye West does I'm very very close to suggesting this might be the worst album we've we've had because like i said i am violently violently offended by every single thing about it Mm. the reaction i think is that the creation of it is disgusting um the person at the very front of it is not although she like so like i say although she's a victim i don't i have real love for do you know what i mean like i have a real i say love but i have a real kind of sympathy for the shags i have a kind of Definitely. there's 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 a, mm. there's a layer of there's a kind of protective layer like when we put it there i was like i feel like i need to i want to protect these girls you know mm. yes 100 uh, percent I don't feel as much like that about Fire Abraham. I don't think she comes across like a very nice person. Problems, badly treated, horrible, you know, horrible shit as well. Yes. But also she's not a sympathetic character. I don't think necessarily. I I, I haven't seen the footage that you have seen. So I suppose that makes it a little bit difficult for me. Like I I, I didn't actually, I, 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 I read, you know, the story of this record. I listened to the album, but I haven't actually... 
I haven't actually seen any any footage, so I can't really make that call. I think, regardless, she has had a really, really horrible hand. Oh, absolutely! Like, like I do. Look, look, look. Yeah, nobody yeah. deserves that. Yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. deserves the shit that she's been through. Nobody fucking deserves that. And her being an arsehole on Big Brother, or her being like you know obnoxious in the bits of the team mum, or you know her kind of faking a sex tape and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. like that doesn't make you know that doesn't make that's not me going wow good no, tough no, shit no, like no. i don't i don't think that but i just think it it leads to a i i feel much more conflicted about her than i do with uh with the shanks so okay the only thing that i'm going to say is whilst <laughs> whilst her getting the number one worst album of all time for broken records is hardly going to be the biggest hardship she has been through and she probably wouldn't even find out is that fair let's pretend for a second that she did find out is that i think that's the only thing that is 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 gnawing at my brain I'm like it's a combination of things isn't it because you've got Frederick you've got the people at MTV who made her a star yeah you've got Frederick and who I think is I mean he as a bloke he's up there with the fucking Tommy Lees and the blood on the dance floors and the fucking uncle crackers mm. and all the when we talk about real fucking yeah. villains from this podcast he's right in that mix for me at this point he makes he tommy like he makes tommy lee fucking, seem like a cuddly toy i think but yeah, yeah sure, he seems sure. like I a real piece yeah, of yeah, shit yeah. right in terms of the creation intention and result of the record i actually think you can't you, you, you almost can't argue against it being worse than Broken Side because Broken Side have sat down and gone, this is what we want our music to sound like. Whereas Far Abraham, her name is on it. She didn't even know what it was going to sound like. You also have to add in the fact that the thing that it was inspired by, the Benny Balassi version of cinema, yep. make me music that sounds like that. Well, you didn't. You right. you got so so it's a failure on that level as well because yeah. I don't think and and then you've got the pathetic ridiculous fire stoking reaction of oh she's an avant garde music icon to go alongside with it it's the perfect storm of like I said it it ticks boxes when I look at the top four right it ticks a box. Of all of those top four. True Symphonic, why is True Symphonic Orchestra there? Talentless people with um, with unbelievably high opinions of themselves. Well, those are the people who are saying that Fire Abraham is an avant-garde music genius in the realm of, you know, Daniel Johnson or, or Lou Reed, right? Or, or Dada. <laughs> um, Uncle Cracker, Double Wide, a disgusting, slimy, chancer cunt piggybacking on the coattails of someone far more talented than them admittedly in his case it's kid rock again or someone who a massive or, cunt <laughs> and a fucking massive cunt well yeah. you've got frederick who who represents yeah. that yeah, crazy course. frog a meme like you have to cash in on this now or you or, or you've blown it yeah what one one of the most obnoxious horrible cash yeah, let's ever. Yeah. milk this cash in cow for everything it's worth and that is some pixels they're milking <laughs> an actual human being and then broken side 
revolting sounding obnoxious going out of its way to be hideous and just not working musically on every le- every level well that's what this record does as well so this is like a composite of the top four in what in 27 minutes i think it's unquestionably the worst album that we've covered and the more i've i've i was kind of unsure before at this point i'm sorry for far abraham you are a victim you've had some horrible shit happen to you you don't necessarily help yourself but as a record in its entirety and everything that goes alongside with it this represents for me the grottiest grimiest most talentless self-important crap record that i have ever heard in my life i'm very much struggling to argue with any of that yeah everybody's played their part tiny mixtapes you've played your part in getting Mm -hmm. this to number one everybody's played there but like frederick you've played your part mtv you've played your part fucking her mum you've played your part and get like everybody has played their part in getting this record to number one but when you put it all down i, I mean i really there's i have literally nothing positive in any way to say about this record i don't have a single solitary but i mean i don't have anything positive to say about broken side no other than at least broken side wrote the songs that the songs sounded like i guess broken side wanted them to sound i mean they might one be can fucking, assume yeah yeah and then they might be fucking assholes for doing that yeah and they might be talent and they are talentless and they are assholes and they are obnoxious i don't think anyone's life as i mean this, i don't think this album has ruined her life but i, I it's just hot man this is just it's just horrible man mm-hmm. it's just horrible yeah uh, yeah okay uh, i mean uh, yes i think it is number one i think it is number one i think i guess what's weird about this is obviously usually this show you know we said it at the beginning usually we have a really fun time just you know <laughs> laying into these records and and when um tons and tons of the people involved haven't you know or or, or just one of the people involved hasn't been abused as a result of it uh it, it can be quite fun dissecting these records and things like that um obviously with that you know massive massive caveat yeah i mean yeah i i i can't i can't argue against it i feel awful doing it but i can't argue against what you're saying yeah i mean do i feel awful it's just a fact i mean yeah (laughs) i think you can you can feel awful but you know you 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 got to play the hand you're dealt the chances of a this are very very low aren't they i think i think yeah fuck it i mean you know I, i'm kind of i'm just going and even if she did i mean god you know like i don't know how much she would watch it but like and and actually do you know what i mean oh god this is gonna make me sound like an arsehole if she did see it she'd be fucking livid that she was on it at all well, because she's an she's an she's an she's a narcissist. Yeah. She's an like you know, man. I'm you can have to take my word for it. Yeah, she's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. She's an egomaniacal. I'm a queen. I'm the be- like you know. She's not the sort of person who backed down. Look, she's been through some fucking horrible, horrible stuff. She's still a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This well, this is it, isn't it? This is 
This is. Uh... We could put a bottom. We could put a below one up minute. She'd still be like going. You should be putting. You should be doing me in classic album. She probably would think that. There is no fucking way that will ever happen. I understand what you're saying. Look, I, I yes, yeah. We have a new number one. We have a new number one. I never thought I'd see the day. I never thought I'd see the day that we got Broken Side off the top. Mm. It's kind of unbelievable Mm. because that Broken Side record, I just, it was so bad. Mm. But Jesus Christ, Mm. I would suggest all of you listening, um, don't even listen to it, to be honest. I I think that's the, ah, man, this is the thing. No, I don't think people should listen to it. I think, listen, I at least at least do it on YouTube where you know they really won't see a fucking thing. For I mean, it's just if because obviously pe- obviously people are going to be curious. Like I understand that, of course you're going to be curious, but at least do it on like fucking pirate it if you have to. <laughs> just just don't don't contribute any financial things to anyone involved. Um, yeah Mm. like really it's been hard this Mm. oh i didn't do any normally i give it a few i listen to the album in advance and i give it a few days and i do it but this one i just kind of came in i was like right this morning i'm gonna like rinse the album a couple of times write all the notes and it ended up being uh this is why the podcast is late today yeah yeah. Um, I pulled one out and it was one that we'd already done, Renfrey. <laughs> oh, so I put it back in. Um, I put it back in. Don't as well, put it back fucking in. Idiot. Yeah. Why don't I do that? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's like, unless you want to do American Life by Madonna again. Uh, not particularly, no. no. No, not really. Um, so, listen, this was an album that we were actually going to be reviewing on Riot Act. We never got round to it, so few, thank God, we're going to get to do it. And I do feel like, God, this almost feels like bloody hell brilliant next week. Evil Elvis Danzig sings Elvis. Oh, Elvis right. sings Danzig. Oh, thank fuck. Well, that'll be fun at least. Oh, that'll be fun because I've got no problem taking a piss out of Danzig. I'm so <laughs> a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. That like mm. that will be fun. Like the fun will be back next week, everyone. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be. It's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be all right. Wonderful. Danzig sings Elvis. Amazing looking forward Danzig to sings Elvis next week and um, we well yeah I mean I guess it's quite a big one isn't it new number one mm, fucking yeah. mad I thought Broken Side was shoo-ins for number one forever yeah. uh, also Knox <laughs> Richard Ashcroft the United Nations sounds out of the top 20 yeah. Captain Rock and the Rock Boys Goodbye, gone Captain forever Rock. okay thanks so much for listening everyone I am going to go and have a little shower in Clorox and never think about this record ever again so uh see you later